So today, we are carrying on with our series, our summer series on Proverbs. And um, I need to change my glasses. So this is the point where I can stop being able to see you properly. So if you're making faces right now, I can't see you. But I love you. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are, we're going to carry on exploring Proverbs. And I picked the theme of plans. Because we're at a week where... So I work in a school and I'm starting to change gear now. I'm starting to change gear out of the summer holidays and into, I've got to go back to work. I've got to go into school. And I'm starting to make plans. And it's a time where uh, you begin to, because you're rested, you begin to be excited and make plans. But also there's, it can get a bit overloading. It can get a bit overwhelming. And I just was like, God was really speaking to me about that. So I thought I might not be the only one. There are families out there who are gearing up. There are other uh, people who work in schools who are gearing up. And there are other people who can have been to school and know what it can be like. So I think we can all probably relate to it. Um, So quick survey here. Who likes to plan? So you know I can't see you, so you can put your hands up, it's fine. Reading glasses are on, so I can't, you know. Who likes to plan? Who's, who's like out there? What, what kind of things do you plan? Can you call out some things that you plan? Parties. Parties. Great. Holidays. holidays. What else? Come on. Is that it? Parties and holidays? Work. Work. Your week. Shopping list. Great. Uh, what about... Um, Jobs list, that's my favourite. Actually, that's my least favourite, but I have to do it. Jobs list. Maybe some people are into financial planning, some people into route planning for journeys, travel plans, menu plans, business plans, improvement plans. That's our thing at school. Uh, House building plans. There's some people here who these guys know about house building plans. Um, Proposal documents. Lots and lots and lots of plans. Who has a daily plan? Anyone got a daily plan? Very good. Uh, very impressive. Who has a weekly plan? Not so many. Who has a monthly plan? A yearly plan? Anyone here got a five-year plan? <laughs> Who likes a list? Does anyone like a list? Hands up if you like a list. And does anyone use spreadsheets for their lists? Hands up if you use a spreadsheet for the list. Right, we're going to pray for them at the end. <laughs> okay. So um, <laughs> that's a Neil. I live with somebody who does spreadsheets. They confuse me so much. But they can be great for people who know how to use them. But we'll still pray for you later. (laughs) So the thing about plans is that they don't always work. Um, They don't sometimes go the way that we planned them. For example, as I was preparing for this, God reminded me of some plans that we made and how they went. So... Last year, um, a few weeks ago last year, um, we were really blessed to be able to go away on our first holiday without our children. It was a bit of a big moment. We were quite excited. It, was, it wasn't like a, you know, jet-setting experience. It was a, just, a, just a holiday that we'd saved for. We were able to get this tiny little Airbnb flat down in Devon. We were so blessed the view was idyllic. 
literally, the sea, we opened our curtains and it was the sea. It was stunning. And we were so blessed. And we made a few plans. We didn't try to overplan it. We made a few plans about things that we'd like to visit or places we'd like to go. And then I got the worst toothache of my life. It kept me up every night and I would be sitting in the chair sobbing because of this pain and I couldn't get in to see a dentist and we were on holiday and we had to just make the best of it. And I, we must have bought so many bottles of mouthwash because that was the, one of the things that would help, you know, and ibuprofen and, oh. Anyway, we carried on with the holiday. The view was idyllic. It was amazing. And then it came to going home and we thought, let's make the best let's plan this trip home so we planned the route home we made best of it we were like okay we're gonna have a lovely drive home it's part of the holiday and um it just seemed to be taking forever this route home just seemed to be taking forever it was about a four-hour drive the sat nav was fine it was clear it was the instructions were good she was behaving herself uh, you know there's no attitude coming no like sharp turn left here or anything like that it was all fine but we seemed to be just getting nowhere we were about two and a half hours into the drive and it was a four-hour drive and we were not halfway and we were like saying to each other what's going on what what's happening here and um we just couldn't understand it and then I was sort of thinking lord what what's going on like what is it that's happening here and a thought dropped into my mind and the thought was this check the sat nav settings so we pulled over I think we we figured it out and we checked the sat nav settings and the sat nav settings somehow were on avoid motorways (laughs) wonderful Uh, so our travel plans were completely shredded our time frame of getting home was completely out of the window. We reset the sat-nav, and all of a sudden, within about 15 minutes, we were on a motorway, speeding along, and um, we'd gone from this meander of country roads, and, and now we were going to get home, but we were quite late, and it was a bit, a bit frustrating and tiring. So plans can be helpful, but they don't always go smoothly, and I think probably everyone can experience that. So, this morning, as we look at the scriptures in Proverbs that we're going to look at, I would like us to be asking God to show us how we can be wise in our planning. And I want us to be listening for his voice, speaking to us about this idea of what setting are we on? What setting are our hearts on as we plan? So, like the satnav I talked about, uh, is our heart set on avoid motorways or is it set on something else? That will become clear later. How are we doing with the slides? Yes. So this is the first time I've done a um, PowerPoint. So if you're going to be kind, please give me feedback afterwards. <laughs> but please be kind. <laughs> but um, anyway, so today we're going to explore three questions. Um, we're going to be looking in Proverbs 16 and 19, if you want to get the Bibles out and start finding those. And we're going to be asking, how can Proverbs help us with this idea of plans? How does Proverbs point us to Jesus? And how do we respond? So 
we're in Proverbs 16, as I said, verses 1 to 3, and also verse 9, and then we're in Proverbs 19, verse 21. I've got them up here, they're going to come up, and I'm going to do, I'm going to read them in two versions. I'm going to go for the ESV, it's a good, good, good quality version, but I'm also going to go for the message, because you know, sometimes when we read these things, like Proverbs, last week I said it was, I think I said, there was this quote that I read, that if Psalms, um, Psalms is like a balm, a comforting balm, and Proverbs is like smelling salts. It like wakes you up. And I feel like the message version kind of slaps me in the face a little bit and makes me sit up and pay attention. So I just thought that'd be good for us today. So um, Proverbs 16, verse 1 to 3. Does anyone want to come and... I've got it down here. Does anyone want to come and read that out? See, friends are good, aren't they? Can we go from this mic? Is that okay? Yeah, Natasha. Um, here. Do you want to read it from the board? or like, Do you want to go for the ESV? Yeah. Go for it. Okay. The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. All the ways of a man are pure in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the spirit. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. And we've got verse 9. The heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And then Proverbs 19, verse 21. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Thank you, Natasha. Beautiful. Brilliant. Any, um, anyone else want to read the message? Come on, let's go for it. Thanks, Nick. Mortals make elaborate plans, but God has the last word. Humans are satisfied with whatever looks good. God probes for what is good. Put God in charge of your work, then what you've planned will take place. Verse nine. We plan the way we want to live, but only God makes us able to live it. We humans keep brainstorming options and plans, but God's purpose prevails. Thanks so much. Can we give these guys a hand? Thank you for being willing to step out. Brilliant. Can we do that again? So it's a bit like less like a golf clap. Yay! Come on, thank you. Okay, so we're going to unpack those verses as we go along. Um, so be listening for those. So I said we're going to ask three questions. So the first question is, how can Proverbs help us with this idea of plans? So firstly, Proverbs tells, tells us what choices we have. So put in the simplest way as we go through the verses... It lays out a choice. It's the way of wisdom or the way of foolishness. And particularly Proverbs 16, as you read it all the way through, um, it it lays out these choices as plans of the heart or sovereign directions of God. And plans of the heart points to motives. So we're talking about are we taking control um, or are we releasing control to God? when we make plans are we pursuing wisdom or are we cutting corners and choosing foolish ways the mortals make elaborate plans the humans are satisfied with whatever looks good we plan the way we want to live these verses are telling us about what we can be like and if we were doing this as a bible study one of those questions is what does it tell us about man and these are some of the things that we probably come up with so how does that compare with the sovereign directions of God. So in the, in the verses it says, God has the last word. He probes what is good. Put God in charge, so we lay down control. And it is God who makes us able to live the way we want to live. 
So can you see that's telling us about God? So we've got the ways of the heart and the sovereign ways of God. So Proverbs also shows us the pitfalls of planning our way. So why do we plan? Well, we talked about it, didn't we? There are some really good motives to planning. There are some really good things about it. We want to be ordered. God is a God of order. Um, We want to be ordered. We want to be organized. It's real. It helps us. We want to, you know, writing a list. For me, in the summer holidays, if I write a list, it helps me to be motivated. If I don't write a list, I can waste time really well. I'm really good at it. And so writing a list just helps me to be a little bit more motivated, a little bit more proactive about some of the things that I want to do. So planning can motivate us. It can help us to prioritise, to order our thoughts. It can help us to remember things. And it can help us to be thoughtful, focused. It's really practical, isn't it? So I'm not saying that planning is bad. But it's real that there are times when how we hold our plans is not helpful to us. It's real that there can be times when the expectation that we attach to our plans can trip us up. And there are times when our own wisdom, in our own wisdom, our plans can look really, really good to us. But we might not see the pitfalls. We might not see the subtle ways that we're being tripped up. So some of the pitfalls to do with planning are things like control. How tightly are we holding on to things? How movable are the plans? How upset do we get when it doesn't happen, when things don't go how we wanted them to go? Avoidance. Do we plan so that we avoid things? Do we plan so that we, you know, like, do we pick out a safe route so that we avoid motorways, so that we avoid dealing with hurt? or facing challenges that make us uncomfortable? Do we plan out of fear? We're going to get it all wrong. So if I don't have this plan, if I don't have everything there written down and listed, if I don't do all these tick boxes, then I'm going to mess it up, and that's not okay. Are we in in fear? Do we plan out of fear? Is there a little tiny bit of perfectionism in our planning? Now, when people are perfectionists, they're a little bit sensitive about being called perfectionists. And that's, that's fair enough. Like We all have things that we're working on. We all have strengths. We all have weaknesses. But perfectionism can be really subtle because we can take pride in how well we're doing things. And those things can go, end up becoming idols if we're not careful. So it's something to watch. It's just something to be aware of. You know, this whole thing of these... Uh, I used to work with somebody, actually, who used to have a sheet of paper and used to draw these incredibly perfect, tiny little purple squares, exactly lined up, no ruler. She was really talented at that. And then there'd be a list. And then there'd be a tick in the purple box, a a, 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 a crossing out, and a tick at the other end too. I found that a little bit of pressure, I'm not going to lie. But she found that really, really satisfying because she knew she'd sorted those things out and they were done to perfection. But was it helpful for her in the long run? So also, it can, uh, some of the pitfalls can mean that we start going for productivity and we always have to be busy and we always have to be achieving and actually, God wants us to be still and know that he is God. And productivity is great and good, but it isn't... It isn't everything. Yeah? 
Anyone relating to what I'm saying? Anil is, so that's great. Thank you. (laughs) That's good. Okay, so these things, these pitfalls, can create issues. And particularly some of them can create issues with our identity. So we need to be aware that as we pursue wisdom in God, we can sometimes fool ourselves quite easily. We can decide that what we're doing is really wise because it sounds right and it sounds good to us and it makes sense from our perspective. But we just need to be aware that sometimes we can fall into a trap of holding tightly to the plans and goals. Um, And sometimes when they're falling away, that can cause real problems. Or sometimes we might avoid the situations that have caused us pain previously. So I organised something in this way before and something difficult happened. And so now I don't want to organise that thing again. I'm going to organise it this way because then all those things that happened before aren't going to happen. And maybe that's a bit of reaction rather than being free to process that pain and to just be yourself in it. Sometimes we can begin to elevate these goals that we're planning towards and it can become what we look at. It can become the ultimate good thing in our minds and we are really motivated and we're going for that thing. And soon other things can get compromised and we can put our goal on a pedestal and subtly this is where it becomes an idol. And before we know it, we've hit foolishness. So really quickly, our plans can lead us into leaning onto our own efforts instead of God's grace. Leaning on our own understanding instead of God's wisdom. And we can miss opportunities to go deeper with him. So planning's great. Planning's good. I am not saying planning's not good. But we just need to be aware of these pitfalls. And we just need to think about it with wisdom. So Proverbs highlights God's sovereignty and I've got a picture on another slide there we go this is a real I love this picture I've used it before quite a lot quite a lot of years ago actually and this picture really speaks to me of God's sovereignty um so we've got our plans this points you know that picture points to the plans of man it's how we think isn't it we go from a to b don't we? And it's simple. And if the flag is our goal, then it becomes our focus. But if we don't go directly there, how our plan straight line um, shows, if we don't go there in the way that we anticipated or in the time frame that we anticipated or in the route that we planned, we can think that our plans have failed and that God's not with us. If it's something big, like a, you know, a big, I'm not talking about like a journey home, that gets derailed. I'm talking about bigger plans than that. We can sometimes think, oh no, God's not with us. I'm, I'm getting it wrong. And if our plans end up like the God's plan picture below, where it's convoluted and there's rocks and there's rivers and there's mountains and more than one flag, actually. If our plans end up like that, we can get frustrated and we can struggle. But the truth is that usually it's only at the point when our plans go wrong or complications come in with their unexpected curveballs or pressure, that's when we tend to start to clamber onto 
the sovereignty of God. That's the bit when we start to go, oh, my plan's going wrong. God, I need you. I need your sovereignty. I need you to make all these things work together for good in my life. Because that's what you promised God. It's so funny that in this picture, our plans look like there are no pitfalls. But actually, our plans can be full of them. And God's plan in the picture appears to show several pitfalls. But I would like to suggest that the ups and downs of that picture are helping us to see how God creates opportunities for us to know him in the midst of his plan. He's a heavenly father that desires relationship, right? He wants us to know him. And so his plan includes roots to relationship with him. So some of these convolutions, some of these ups and downs are actually roots to relationship. They're roots to depth and to trust. So how do the Proverbs that we've read highlight God's sovereignty? Well, we've got decisions, we've got plans to make. And the book of Proverbs helps us to reposition um, our idea of plans. It's repositioning how we see plans in a completely new way. Instead of us making our plans and then, as an afterthought, making them fit into God's agenda, Proverbs shows us that in light of God's sovereignty and wisdom, we can make plans and we can make them in hope. We can make them in faith and we can make them in the knowledge and relationship of God. Because God wants us to walk by faith, not by sight, right? And when we do this from a place of trust and relationship, it leads us to solid ground. And it means we don't plan from a place of reaction. We plan from a place of vision. It means that our goal is God, not the flag. The flag is there. We're heading for it, but it's because of God. It's because we're aiming for God. It's because of his sovereignty, because of our trust in him and our relationship with him. Does that make sense? Turn to the person next to you and say, how are your plans going today? And then make a mental list of how you're going to pray for them. So ask, what can I pray for? And make a mental list of how you can pray, how can you pray for them. So this whole thing of um, God's sovereignty is like a wonderful mystery of God giving us free choice while at the same time his sovereignty is at work. In Proverbs 16, the plans of the heart, where it talks about the plans of the heart, those things belong to us. They're our responsibility. And the way that God reigns means that he doesn't force us to act, but every one of our steps is part of his plan. I can't get my head around that. I just can't. I sat there staring at the wall, trying to understand that, trying to, with my brain, trying to make sense of that, how we have free choice, but every one of our steps is part of God's plan. And I, I just can't. I, that's a mystery to me. That is, I have to go, I believe it. I see it. I've known it. My brain is not going to get that. My heart will, but my brain isn't there. 
It just isn't. There's a lot of things on the wall that I noticed as I was trying to sort that out in my head. (laughs) Sometimes we just have to believe it, don't we? Sometimes we just have to to go like that. That is an incredible mystery. Mystery. It's a profound mystery that how we can choose something. I can make a complete mess of a situation, of a plan. I can be really foolish and stupid and make ridiculous choices. And yet somehow, in his mercy, in his great mercy and his sovereignty, he knows. He's planned for my steps. He knows. He knows me. That I can't even. <laughs> I can't even. My brain is just really struggling with that right now. Anyway, so we can look at missed opportunities, messed up moments. We can look back in our lives. We can think about the times of cluttered mindsets, and we can let it fall away. We can focus on the truth of the sovereignty of God. We can trust Him. And actually, we can know him more because of it. We can um, go deeper with him. As we navigate times when, we, when things are, going, are challenging or things aren't working out or things are convoluted and we mess it up, we can go to him. We can say, Lord, I've messed that up. I've messed that up. Show me how to do this better. Show me what to do. Give me your wisdom. Forgive me for my forgive me for my sin in it. Forgive me for my attitude in it. Help me to walk a better way. And is in his sovereignty, he works that together for good because we love him. Amazing. And it's because he promises, he promises to make everything work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. It's because he is the one who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask or imagine. The sovereignty of God shows us that we might plan it, but it's God who accomplishes it. We might say, but Lord, this route the way I'm going right now, these convolutions. This isn't what I planned. This isn't where I planned to go. And we also might hear his tender reply saying, I know, I know. But this route is where I planned for you to see. This route is where I planned for you to see something new in me. I wanted you to see. I wanted you to know to know me more. You're safe. I've got you. This is the sovereignty of God. This is what Proverbs is pointing to. Okay, so one of the things that we're talking about in this series is how Proverbs points to Jesus. When you read Proverbs, well, maybe it's just me, but when I read Proverbs, some Proverbs, I don't automatically think Jesus. Um, But as I got deeper into it, um, God was really speaking to me about this idea of plans. And um, so we've talked about this thing of how Proverbs tells us about choices we have. It shows us the pitfalls of planning our way. It highlights God's sovereignty. But this theme of plans in Proverbs 
points to Jesus because we have to think about the master plan. God's master plan. This was the plan to send Jesus, fully God, fully man. And Jesus gave it all as he walked on this earth. He lived a perfect life. He suffered and died on the cross, bearing the cost of our sin. And he was buried. And on the third day, he rose again, defeating death. And he rose victorious. What a God. What a plan. We're all here because of that plan. But doesn't it show you how God accomplishes things? His plans cannot be derailed. And Proverbs points to Jesus because Jesus became to us wisdom. It says in uh, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30, it says that Jesus became to us wisdom from God. And at the beginning of Colossians 2, it talks about how the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ. So as I studied this idea of things like when our when our plans get derailed or when we encounter suffering or challenge, this is where I feel Proverbs really points so powerfully to Jesus. Because when we plan, we look to avoid challenges, don't we? Right? Part of the reason for planning is to avoid difficulties, to avoid challenges, to avoid pain, and we tend only to experience those things when our plans fall to pieces. But Jesus walked in the middle of a plan that led him directly to suffering. How did he handle it? And when I was praying about this, I was really drawn to this moment in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus asked God to change the plan. In that moment of struggle, what did he model? You know, we talked this morning about how, there's, how people in our midst are facing real challenge at the moment. There's people who are facing big things and, and big challenges. How did Jesus face these huge challenges that were ahead of him? Well, he prayed. He didn't go it alone. He prayed and processed this moment of pain with the Father. And do you remember the story? He prayed, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. When you look at what he prayed, he said, Father. He spoke out his sonship. His heart was set on the Father, and he knew his identity as the Son, and he knew the Father, the relationship, the close relationship. That's what he, that's what took him to prayer. And he set the Father's plan as his focus. He said, not my will, but yours. And he was real about the struggle, but he let go of control. He could have have said no, he couldn't he? He could have said no. Have you ever thought of that? He could have said no. He was real about the struggle, but he let go of control and he gave everything to gain everything for us. In his prayer, he held on to truth. It was real and it was costly. And as we walk in plans that we've made, we need to walk with Jesus. Because because of that plan, 
He knows. He knows us. He loves us. He's gone before us. He intercedes for us. We don't need to scramble when our plans are all over the place. We don't need to scramble for control. Jesus shows us that the way up is to lay it down. We gain our life by losing it, by giving it to God, by giving it to Jesus. So we're coming to the end and we just need to look at how do we respond to these things. So um, just got a couple of thoughts on that, really. How do we respond to all of these things in Proverbs? We set our hearts on God in our planning. When we sit down to plan uh, big decisions, you know, I'm not talking about shopping lists, although you might want to try that. Because there are times when God might say, in fact, that's happened to me, uh, buy some flowers. All right, I'll buy some flowers. Thanks, God. Thanks, Lord. I'll buy some flowers, thinking that they're for me. Uh, get out to the car park. Give the flowers to that lady over there. Oh, okay. Um, excuse me. Uh, I just felt to give you these flowers. Oh, my goodness, she says. Nobody's ever done that for me. Nobody's ever done that for me. I said, well, um, God told me to do it. And so I just want you to know that he knows your heart and he knows you. And then I get to chat with her as tears are rolling down her eyes. Because God told me to buy some flowers when I wrote my shopping list. So actually sometimes it's great. It's really great to set our hearts on God when we write a shopping list. Anyway, in our planning, we set our hearts on God, and Proverbs points us to the truth that planning is to lead to faith and to relationship, just like anything else in God's kingdom. But faith isn't built on understanding and five-year plans. Faith is built on trust. And trust is built when our plans fall to pieces and we have to trust in God. Does that make sense? And this is a place where the enemy can just really go for us because he can go after our trust for God. You know, we want to develop trust in God. We want to rely on him. We want to walk with him in these things. And we can get tripped up on when we control our plans and lives. We can think about the decision that we have to make and we can be like, well, where does this decision fit based on what's happening in the world right now, especially right now? especially with the current economic situation. I'm so glad I could remember that word, word economic. <laughs> I couldn't find that when I, was, when I was working on this. Anyway, the current situation, we can read, you know, we can look at the news, we can look at the headlines, we can look at things, and we can be like, right, well, I need to plan in light of that. I need to think about this, these things. And, and again, I'm not saying it's wrong to do that. It's sensible to be good stewards. It's, it's right. But... We still need to be having a faith decision. Does that make sense? So also we can remember the relationship. So like Jesus, we can follow Jesus. We know the relationship. We can go to our Father. We're co-heirs in Christ. And we're children of God. We're sons and daughters. 
And Jesus showed us the Son knows the Father. He knows the ways of the Father. And so we need to do that too. We need to get to know his ways. We need to dwell in the word because that's one of the ways that we recognize the ways of the Father. We need to walk in the spirit because he speaks to us. He guides us. We need to remember where our place as loved children and we need to know our Father. And when we absorb and we live scripture, we know the ways of the Father. So we take our mark from Jesus. He followed the Father's plan, he trusted him, and he walked through suffering and challenges. So we, when we walk through suffering and challenges, when it looks and feels like the plan is going wrong, that's when we know and trust that God's sovereignty will make it good in our lives. And from a place of suffering, just a note about this idea of suffering. From this place of suffering, we have this opportunity of knowing God in the midst of pain and challenge. And when we know him in those times, it's to such a great depth. When we make those sacrifices of praise, we know grace in a new way, in a different way. Right, so lastly, I'm nearly done. So lastly, we pray and we process with God. So Jesus prayed in the middle of the challenge in the Garden of Gethsemane. He asked God to take the cup, to change the situation, to change the plan. But he also prayed in John. There's this account of where he prayed. And um, as I read it, I felt like I was getting this fresh glimpse of how Jesus intercedes. So when Jesus prayed... um, in uh, John, it's like before he went to the Garden of Gethsemane. And he, as he prayed, he, when you read it, it's like he's pouring out his heart to his father in the midst of the challenge that's coming. And in it, he's declaring promises. And that's what we need to do. He's declaring truths, and that's what we need to do. We don't look at the world and adjust our plans out of fear or the need to control and shield. We walk boldly, allowing God to protect us, and knowing that he's good, and he has good plans for us. So, we're coming into land, and Bam, do you want to come up and we can do a song? I think we're okay for time. Yeah. Um, so just, I want to go back to this sat-nav idea. The settings. Wherever the settings of our hearts. When we set our hearts like the satnav we set our heart on god not on our own ability to plan and protect ourselves it's good to have a plan i've kept saying it's i'm not saying it isn't but when the pitfalls of planning happen that's when we can get tripped up and the enemy has an agenda in that moment and that's when he comes and he tries to defeat us somebody's resetting stuff right now Um, it's at that moment that the enemy can go for our trust and if we don't trust God we don't develop faith and it's when we go through these situations that we can develop faith 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 is built on trust so when you trust God you're almost like taking a battle stance you're going to really irritate the enemy when you have faith when you walk in faith you're going to it's a battle stance so i want us to think about what the setting is and i want us to think about if we've got stuck you know how sometimes the sat now freezes 
and you're driving and it's stopped. It's got stuck. Something's gone wrong. Sometimes we can get stuck. Sometimes there's debris from plans that haven't worked out. Sometimes there's confusion because we're leaning on our own understanding. So I just want to encourage us to draw near, to lay down control and to ask God to speak into the plans that we've got to make. So we're going to sing a song and I just want to encourage you to just have time with God, to just reflect on plans, to just reflect on wisdom, on some of the pitfalls and some of the ways of the sovereignty of God. All right. Should we just pray? Do you want to stand and we'll just pray? Lord, I just uh, want to thank you for your sovereignty. I want to thank you that we can trust you. Lord, I just want to pray that you would bring clarity to us as we plan. Lord, as we, for some of us, launch into a new term at school, as we turn a new page... We have new starts, we try new things, we plan. We live our life on this earth. Lord, I want to thank you that you are sovereign, that we can trust you. Help us to walk in faith. Help us to plan with integrity and love and faith. And help us to fix our eyes on you and to walk in a way that brings you glory. Amen.